You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Time is short, and Dragon Con is drawing nigh. I'm going to make this quick because we've got a really great episode today. I want you guys to go ahead and get to that. Uh, but I have sponsors to mention uh, because uh, some stuff I'm doing at Dragon Con, I have sponsors for it. Whose F is it anyway, which I've already talked about on the site, uh, which we'll go into more detail in during this episode. But I want to mention Stardust and Insurrection Atlanta, your one-stop shop. For adult alternative lifestyles, do you need dildos? Do you need sexy lingerie? Do you need fancy stiletto heels with patent leather on them and spikes and things of that nature? And do you need products with which to vaporize or burn your tobacco products? Then go now to Stardust or Insurrection and purchase these things. Mention the Needless Things podcast, and it's not really going to do anything for you. But come out to Who's F Is It Anyway at Dragon Con, and we will have many, many prizes from aforementioned adult novelty stores. Also, I want to mention belligerentmonkey.com. You guys know Jay. You've heard him on the podcast tons of times. Uh, he's one of my most valued panelists. Uh, belligerentmonkey.com, sponsoring Who's F Is It Anyway, doing a lot of great artwork for the event. Uh, really going above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. So check out belligerentmonkey.com. Go buy some awesome pop culture art. Uh, he's, he's just, he's got a ton of talent and a really good eye for making cool things for us nerds. And finally, uh, a triple sponsor, triple sponsorship. It's crazy, but that's right. You're going to want to check out Xenoscope Entertainment. What? Yes. The people who make the Snow White comics with the titties on the front. Those guys. Check them out, too, because they're also sponsoring my big game show. And guess what? I'm reviewing their titles now. I'm on their official reviewer list as part of this whole deal. And I just put up my review, which will be two days ago to you guys who are hearing this now. I just put up my review of Grim Fairy Tales 101. And I went in expecting some kind of like brainless TNA nonsense tangentially related to fairy tale stuff. Instead, what I got was a very competently written adult fairy tale, like young adult comic. It's, it's not, it's, I use the word adult, but I mean that in a way to suggest that it's not a children's comic. It's really more of a young adult comic, which is not something I'd had a lot of experience with. But the point here is the storytelling is really clear and concise and there were no panels where I had trouble figuring out what was going on and I was able to follow the story. But Grim Fairy Tales 101, it's a jumping on point for the new paradigm of the Grim Fairy Tales world. 
And I got to tell you, if you're into fairy tales and you're into good storytelling, you should check this thing out. I surprised myself by saying this. This is not bullshit. This is not because they're sponsoring me. Because if it was garbage, I'd tell you it was garbage. And if they yank their sponsorship, so be it. You know how I roll. This is a cool comic, man. I dug it, and I'm looking forward to the next issue. So check out my review on NeedlessThingsSite.com. It was uh, this past Wednesday, Wednesday uh, the 13th. Wednesday the 13th. Uh, it was the post. So check that out, and I'll be reviewing more of their comics in the future, and I'm excited about it. And they told me, like, if you want to be on the review list, you've got to review at least one comic per quarter, and I'm going to be doing more than that because I'm excited about checking these things out man and i don't know the rest of them may not be as good as grim fairy tales but i dug it so on to today's deal now that we've got that business out of the way oh more business real quick you can download the needless things podcast from itunes and listen to it on stitcher uh you can stream it from needlessthingssite.com blah 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 that's all the places you can find it. And please go check out NeedlessThingsSite.com, uh, where we cover movies, music, wrestling, toys, and all sorts of pop culture that is interesting, uh, hopefully, to the people who are listening to this show. All right. Today's episode. Today's episode, I... It's not that I didn't think it would happen. It's just that it's so exciting that it did happen. I, today, I talked to the guys behind the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track. Uh, Gary Mitchell and Joe Crow are two of the nicest guys ever, and I go on and on about that. And again, I, I don't, I'm not bullshitting. I do it because it's true. You guys know how I am. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna blow smoke. These guys are amazing. They like what I do. They, have done a lot for me as far as where you know as far as dragon con goes so uh, it's an honor for me to have them on the show we have a great conversation about their history at dragon con which i was curious about i was, this is a good one because i was genuinely curious about what was going on i i wanted their story and i got it and it's really cool and there's more like at some point i would love to do another one with these guys uh, maybe after Dragon Con and talk about how everything went down and, and, and whatever. But this is a really fun, awesome episode. It got me excited for Dragon Con and I think it'll do the same for you. And really, that's all the intro you need right now. Uh, I've got more stories to tell, but I think I'm gonna save them for the next episode. And, uh, I, I might even have one more Dragon Con related episode after our next one, which I'll go ahead and tell you right now, uh, surprising absolutely no one. We will be doing one focusing on the puppetry track with my lovely co-host, Mr. Bo Brown. So that's going to be really cool. I'm super stoked about that one because puppetry like cosplay is another one of those things that I feel like there's so much I can learn about it. That's going to be cool, but we're specifically going to focus on what's going on at Dragon Con. And then I think one more episode after that, and it hasn't actually been determined what that's going to be yet. So hang in there, and here's Joe Crow and Gary Mitchell of the American Sci-Fi Classics Track.
Oh, it's that time again, Phantomaniacs. It's Dragon Con time. And right here on NeedlessThingsSite.com, I have got a true treat, something that I, I really wasn't sure would come together, but it has. And I'm very, very happy to have on the mics, on the Skype tonight, uh, Mr. Gary Mitchell and Mr. Joe Crow, uh, two of my muses, two of my benefactors, <laughs> Uh, the two men who have given me the power to be a, an unrelenting force of nature at this thing called Dragon Con. Uh, these are the guys that run the American Sci-Fi Classics track, and these are the guys that gave me my first shot at being on a panel, uh, thanks to the connections of Mr. Mike Faber and the ESO Network, of course. But now I've got them sitting here on the Needless Things podcast. We're going to talk about... How they got involved with Dragon Con, how they got to be where they are now, and what's going on this year at Dragon Con, which is just a few weeks away now, which is kind of insane. Uh, but first, let me introduce the men. First of all, Gary Mitchell, welcome once again to the Needless Things Podcast. It's always a delight to have you. How are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing very well. It's very, very good to be here. And of course, your your partner in crime, the the master of mayhem, and and sort of the enigmatic madman behind uh, the American sci-fi classics track, the the little scene until Dragon Con, where he comes up out of his cave, emerges into the dork light, and lets his presence <laughs> be known to all. It is an honor to have you here, sir, Joe Crow. Welcome to the Needless Things podcast. Hey, thank you very much. Out of the dork light and into all your hearts. That's right. I can feel I can feel the love. <laughs> I can feel the love. I can feel it I, right I, now. I almost expect you to call him the blowfield of Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, as of yet, he has not strapped anybody to a table and tried to bisect them with a laser. Uh but that's coming. This year that's coming. Right, this year is not over yet. Uh Thank you guys so much for coming on. This is really exciting. I'm excited to find out because I, I, you know, I met you guys a few years ago for the first time when you were generous enough to let me sit in on some panels. Um, but we really didn't get to talk a whole lot and we've, you know, we keep up over Facebook a little bit, but I really only get to see you guys once a year. So this is very cool that we're going to get to sit down and I get to actually chat and find out what your Dragon Con history is, how you got to the point where you both lost your minds enough to want to direct a track. Oh, so true. So true. What, what the heck? <laughs> Joe, what was, how did you start with Dragon Con? Just like your, the first time you went to Dragon Con, what's your history? Oh, the first time I went was in the mid nineties at some point. Um, I, I live in Alabama, so it's the biggest convention close to me. And so it was just an easy road trip over there. I'd go with my uncle or go with some buddies and, and, um, you know, we, we just had, would go for a couple of days and just have a, have a neat time. And then after going for a few years, I thought somehow I'm tired of watching these people talk and I want to talk. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, so I, I, uh, and then luckily that co that feeling coincided with me getting, um, Getting a, uh, a, a, a starting to work uh, in the year 2000 with an internet company that and and me and uh, Shane Ivy launched a website called Zealot.com and like all websites in the year 2000 like all internet companies it went kaput. 
<laughs> and and uh, went kablooey. And um, but they, but I kept my press pass for Dragon Ball. There you go. <laughs> and, and I we just started up another one, uh, RevolutionSF.com. And um, the first year that. Uh, Shane and I covered DragonCon for our first website. We met Gary, and the rest is history. So, mm-hmm. so g- just between us, us history. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's now it's history, history because it's being broadcast to the world. Yes. Wait, yeah, yeah. They didn't have a way to broadcast sound on the internet in the year two thousand. If we'd done a podcast well, back then, it would have taken three days to download, <laughs> and it would have sounded like... <laughs> Some of them still do. Yes. Hey, you guys remember Real Player? Oh, gosh. Jeez. Oh, That's how I found Zealot. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was an ad on on Real Player. <laughs> so, Gary, oh what, what were you... Uh, how, how's your Dragon Con history? What was your first year, and what, what did you... What what got you into the panels? I'm curious about that actually with both of you guys because it took me a while to discover the fan panels and and understand how awesome they could be and how quite frankly at this point I I would rather go to a fan panel in a lot of cases than you know like a one of the celebrity panels or whatever. Uh, that's interesting to me that that whole world and how that came about. How did you get into that? Oh. My first exposure to Dragon Con was I lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we kept hearing about Dragon Con and kept thinking about going. And then in 1999, uh, Guar was performing at Dragon Con. Yes, I was there. Cool. Cool. You might have seen me. I moved the Bosch pit five feet. (laughs) 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 I'm not kidding. There was this poor little girl crushed at the front. I was at the front of the stage with my friend, and that was the whole reason my group finally was like, we broke down. It's like, we gotta go see Guar. Because at this point, they were banned from performing in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. For, if you know Guar, you probably know why. <laughs> it might have had but, something uh, to do with the Crapapult. Uh, actually, it was the all-ages show and Guar forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. So when they stuffed the, uh, the giant crucifix up the, uh, fake priest's uh, rear end. Yeah, that doesn't fly well in the Bible Belt, or probably anywhere. Nope. <laughs> so they were banned. <laughs> uh, so my friends and I were like, okay, we've got to go see Guar live. We have to, have to, have to. We've been talking about it for ages, and it's at a con we've been talking about going to, so we went. Uh, and it was a ball. I mean, this was the year there was like 14, 15 bands yeah. at Dragon Con, which... They still do a lot of bands, but not like they used to. Yeah, that was that was the big year, I think. Because didn't I? Didn't the Misfits play that year also? The Misfits were the next oh, were year. That okay. year they had the Michael Bruce Group, which is basically Alice Cooper's band without Alice. Okay, okay. But yeah, they actually I have a T-shirt still. It's a it's a tie dye T-shirt that says Dragon Stock and has a list of all the bands. Oh wow! Oh, wow. The and, year that the Misfits played didn't. Uh, Jerry only also wrestle because I yes, saw yeah, him. Yeah, yes, he did. I saw him wrestle. Um, whoever it was, but I saw Jerry only wrestled that year. I didn't didn't go to the Misfits concert, but <laughs> but I went to Dragon Con wrestling, and and I saw him wrestle, and um, and I also uh, talked to Glacier that year, oh, and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was cool. it. Was. You know, that was when the Misfits were involved with WCW. They'd been coming out with Vampiro 
and Jerry only ended up having a cage match with somebody. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, that was a big thing at the time. That was right around 2000. Yeah, no, in fact, I think Glacier wrestled Jerry only. I think that was why he was okay, there. Okay, okay. Um, but still, Dougie. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, see, we, there was this poor little girl at the front of the mosh pit who couldn't have been more than four and a half feet tall mm. and 80 pounds soaking wet, and she was getting crushed. So I just threw my elbows back and shoved to make some room for this poor girl. And then all of a sudden I looked and I was like, there's 10 feet of open air behind me now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you hulked out on the guar crowd yeah that's fantastic i just I, just, I wish i had not lost that shirt but i think my girlfriend threw it out because it smelled so bad no. <laughs> she's like you gotta wash this i'm like it'll ruin the memory <laughs> <laughs> all the fake blood will be gone right, fake blood and all of the other body fluids that guar likes to produce yeah um that's uh, so we went we had a ball and so we made plans immediately to go the next year and I'd fallen in with Zealot at that point, and I went to one of Peter David's talks. It was uh, Peter David, uh, the lady who wrote the book all about Vulcan, and one other writer. And they were talking about uh, Enterprise was about to start. Mm-hmm. And I threw out a question of, uh, why do you think the writing on Voyager has been so bad? No, and, you didn't. You know, cause I was that guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> because they were, none of them were Voyager people. And I said, now there's this website called zealot.com, which put up this ad, this fake letter from Lucas and Rick Berman saying to the fans, screw you. Yeah. We're going to do what we well, want. So wait, wait. You asked an incendiary question and threw a plug in? That yes. is yes. fantastic. For a website I didn't even write for at the time. That's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I actually got a serious answer, which was nice. Peter David said, look, he said, look at the writers, look at the producers. You'll notice they're the same names. <laughs> well, Peter David is not one to mince words. No. <laughs> and so the panel ended, and I'm walking out, and these two guys come walking up to me, and they go, hey, that, that website you mentioned, I'm like, yeah, Zelda.com, they're great. And they went, that's us! <laughs> How freaky. Our, our minds were blown. I mean, that was our first year that we were there, and someone had heard of us. And so naturally, we uh, our, our goal was to take whoever had heard of us and make him work for us for 15 years. So, <laughs> so far, so so far, so good. That's awesome. Yeah. So we ended up going out and going to dinner, and a friendship was born. <laughs> yeah. So from there... Uh, where where did you go from there? Because there had to be, you know, you guys had to get more involved with the scene. Because my personal Dragon Con experience is, you know, I went and partied a little bit back in, I think, 94 or 5 was the first year that I went. And, you know, the first few years I went, first of all, I didn't go several years in a row. I went every couple of years or whatever. I partied a little bit, and then I started discovering the fan experiences, and then I started discovering the celebrity panels, and then I started, like, if for me, it was a little bit at a time, I, I started to discover the different facets of Dragon Con, and it took me up until probably about five years ago, five, six, gosh, no longer than that, just several years ago, to really be like, all right, this is my thing. I've got to get a room. I'm going to stay here the whole weekend, and I've got to figure out how to participate in these people talking about things. So, exactly. What, what was you? Did you guys have a similar progression? Were there specific 
like panels or events that you remember that were like, oh, I I want this. There was a there, well, there still is the 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 uh, the the track that covers the current sci-fi TV stuff, mm-hmm. and then there's the comics track. So those were the two ones that I gravitated to the most, just as a fan. And those were way easier to get into than the big ballrooms where the celebrities sure. were. So generally, I would gravitate down there toward those guys and um, saw a ton of people yeah you know, that that i you know that in the comics and and stuff like that that i that i you know read uh, and and enjoyed like lynn ween and um uh, the guy that drew man thing in the 70s was <laughs> I, I saw a panel with him and i got um i think i just i just i straight up walked up to the director of the sci-fi fantasy and media track and said hey uh, can i get can i um um uh, could, could I, could I, do you have space on a panel? And then I ended up going to doing, uh, he said, well, I think I do come back in an hour for this other panel. And, and, um, and then I didn't come back. So then he <laughs> finds me the next day. I, I went and did something else and he finds me the next day and goes, dude, I wanted you on the panel. So I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and that's so my, the, the first panel that I ever missed, the first of many. <laughs> and then uh after uh, um they they started up a, a an American sci-fi classics track with a person whose name I don't even remember and she said well I've got this opening Sunday afternoon and um I don't know what to do and and I think I, me and Gary were hanging out by that time and I said uh We've got some ideas. Uh-huh. So, so we, we did a couple of things and I remember just off the top of my head, I said, I said, what if we do data geek, like a dating game for geeks? And she goes, that's a funny idea. And I said, okay, let's do it with no notice. So like the afternoon after we decided to do it, I did wow. it. Wow. And, and I just winged it. She got people to come in, and I winged it. And Gary, were you there for that? I missed that one. I, I came okay. in with the later with Stump the Geeks. Yes, but a year later, she had, she left, and the the new classic track guy, Ron Nastrum, came on. And Hi, he's, Ron. Hey, Ron. Yeah, Ron is this is this goofy goofy guy who has been involved in fandom since the seventies, literally, and he has so many stories. And meeting that guy and getting and because he was in the same boat as the classic track lady before he didn't know he had he had space to fill, and we had ideas, and so that ended up we ended up pretty much programming most of the classic track um, between Gary and myself and Ron uh, for several years. We weren't officially a part of uh, we, uh, uh, we we weren't officially volunteers. We just helped out Ron sure. and. And, and we got and we were on panels because we liked talking in public, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's how it all started. And um, Ron just sort of passed the baton to me and Gary a couple of years ago, uh, kind of like Johnny Carson to David Letterman. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was I, I started writing for the website, and Joe managed to get me a press pass, and I found out that the the sci fi literature track is where I got my first in. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I started talking because uh, the lady who runs that panels uh, track was going, I need panels to talk about this, this, this. And I went, I can run my mouth. <laughs> exactly. Let me run my mouth. Pay attention to me. Love me. Yes. 
Yes. Yes, uh, yeah, like every stand-up comedian, love me. Yeah. Um. Really, that's what we're doing. Uh, it's it's kind of like doing stand-up for an hour. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's interesting, and I mean, I've never actually done stand-up, so I don't know. But but uh, you do get up there, and and I think to be a good panelist, you know, obviously, you know, we don't necessarily we know our topics, but. You know, you don't necessarily prepare material. It's, yeah. it's kind of an improv act because you've got other people you're interacting with and you may never even have met these people before. Mm-hmm. And the only common ground you have is whatever the topic is, but you have to feel the audience. You have mm-hmm. to feel their level of desire for participation because that's something I noticed just in the times I've done it is there have been audiences that are content to just sit back and watch, you know, whoever's on the panel talk, uh, which is what had like William Stout was yes. on that master's panel last mm-hmm. year and everybody in the room, including me and Bo and, and I know uh, like Gary just sitting up there with him, listening to him talk about doing the masters of the universe movie. Like there were a couple of times where I kind of forgot what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> like I would just sit there and listen to him talk and then he'd finish up and I'd be like, and oh, what did right. you feel about – yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We have a thing to do up here. Yeah. It's a, kind um, of a similar thing when you're moderating someone like that because I got to moderate Elizabeth Moon once. And it was – she. I, was, I you know, the panel started. I said, I'm your moderator. She said, you're going to moderate me? I said, no, I'm going to introduce you. Then get the hell out of your way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. I mean you you know – and that's another thing though. I've I've never – I've never actually moderated anything. Uh I, I would at some point, uh, hopefully, well, I'm sure at some point I'll get the opportunity to, but that would be interesting to me because that would be a whole different skill set, I think. Uh, well, you're right. You, you got to take a temperature of the room and a temperature of the panel. Yes. And, and and if you're moderating, you have to get a feel for how into it the person you're moderating is. And I think it's probably your job a little bit to get them into it if they if they start off a little cold I mm-hmm. think you have to warm them up a little bit too. Like that's got to be a fascinating experience. It really is. Uh, the 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 weird thing is uh, that um, panels, being on panels, is just kind of a microcosm of all the stuff that you can do at Dragon Con. I, in, in a way, to me, maybe it's it's all the stuff you could do at Dragon Con kind of smushed into one thing. It, it's is that may that may be how I feel about it. It, uh, but yeah, getting to. Speak to people that you've seen on TV and movies is just the tip of the iceberg as far as just the the crazy fun stuff that you can do uh, at, at DragonCon and and I've gotten to do it. I know Gary, you've gotten to do it. Um, we've been yeah. on panels with famous people. How did that happen? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we were crazy and said yes. <laughs> See, that's the thing. They want people to do things, and we we both raise our hands and go ooh ooh. Ooh, Mr. Katea, me, me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and I started doing stuff with the sci-fi literature, and then I started talking to Poking Joe, going, are there any other places I can go, any other places I can go? And he said, come over to the sci-fi classics panels. And he said, I said, I don't know. And he said, trust me, you're on the panel. I, I can make room for you. <laughs> yeah. So, it really, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. It really is who you know. <laughs> well, and it is, but the thing that's important, and, and if anybody listening 
wants to get on panels, wants to interact with people, just know, like, just just talk to these guys. Don't feel mm-hmm. like, oh don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't be intimidated. Don't worry about. And and after panels, go talk to the people that were on the panels because you know what? The people that were on the panels were on the panels because they like talking to people. Yeah. Exactly. Don't don't be afraid to go up and say, hey, I you know if if even even if it's your subject and you just saw the panel say, Hey, if you do this again next year, I'd love to be in on it. Or what do you have going on the rest of the weekend? You never know. I mean, you, you don't know oh, yeah. if you don't ask. Yeah. We've had spots where it would have been really handy. Like the first year we were in charge on a Sunday afternoon, we had a panel that was supposed to be about eighties horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, supposed you know, Jason, Freddie, all, you know, all the great stuff. And it was supposed to be me and two or three people that knew their crap aside from just having, you know, lived, you know, spent most of their teenage years in a video store. Sure. Nobody showed up but me. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and it was my first time flying solo. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and Trial you by fire. Oh yeah, you want to talk about flying by the seat of your pants. I managed to spin, I kept this plate spinning, and I'm pretty mm. sure I, I stuck with the motto, you know, never let him see you sweat. But sure. I was so glad when that hour was over with. <laughs> it's like, love me, but let, give me a break for a minute. Somebody else talk. <laughs> that's, that's a really good segue, actually, because I was gonna ask, there had to be a major difference between the years you guys were helping out and the first year that you were actually running the show, what was that transition like? The, it, it, um, the, the, the first year that we, um, the, the two of us just sort of had to, the, the ball was sort of dropped in our laps. Uh, Ron was, was not feeling well. Um, that was his last year as, as a track director. He, he, he just had had, um, a, a, he just needed a couple of sick days and so we the the track still needed running and um we talked to the the big the grand poobahs and said hey we can do it and so we 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 let ron go back to his hotel and feel better and we took care of it and that was sort of the trial by fire because we just ran ron's panels and then the next year um gary pretty much did the whole thing (laughs) <laughs> I pretty much just dropped everything in Gary's lap. I had, um, I was only there. You had for a good like, reason. <laughs> I had a good reason. My, 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 my poor wife broke her ankle. Oh no. And, um, because like I'm, gone. yeah, but because I'm the king of the idiots, I came to Dragon Con anyway. <laughs> what? The word, why? Why? And, and, and I thought, I, I'm, I'm, I, to this day, and, and I shouldn't live it down, and I haven't, but the worst, the, just why? Why did I do that? But what I did was, I, in our first year as co-directors of the thing, I pretty much said, I'm here for like a day and a half, so Gary, you got this, right? <laughs> and, and I, and I was standing off the side going, yeah, totally. Right, because what else is you, what else are you going to say? Oh, no, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Basically, Gary Gary uh, Gary was on fire, running around the convention. He he was completely engulfed in flames, and 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 I and I just said, okay, um, I, I'm out of here. Boom, gone. And so, uh, that, all that, the higher ups who run the convention because they don't officially recognize us as co-directors, right? Yeah, they don't have that. They have Joe's in charge. So everybody kept looking at me like, and you are? I, yeah. I would like to take this moment 
uh, because I I would hope that it, that we're getting to the point where there are some toy people out there, maybe some creators, manufacturers who are listening to my podcast, who are aware of it. Uh, you guys, here's what I want. We don't have enough time this year, but for 2015, I want somebody to design a Burning Gary variant <laughs> figure for Dragon Con 2015 for the American Sci-Fi Classics panel to sell. Somebody get on that. Burning Gary, just like the Burning Godzilla from Tamashi Nations. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's trying to been burned in effigy at least once. <laughs> But but Probably last year, <laughs> yeah. Oh, ooh. Urgh. Okay, here, let, let's do this. Here we go. Yes. Gary, are you ready for this? Let's do this. Ready. I'm 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 going to be on the record doing this. Ooh. I love Farscape. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary, you also enjoy the Farscape. <laughs> I enjoy the Farscape as it is. Yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> but. Some of the people who also enjoy the Farscape love it so hard <laughs> to the detriment of everything else in their life and culture and family. And their sole mission appears to be make my and Gary's life a living hell. <laughs> Until we make every panel Farscape. And it drives me banana. Joe, I have a solution. I have a solution. Okay. My co-host typically is Mr. Bo Brown. Mm -hmm. Who you may know is the director of the puppetry track. Yes. My recommendation to you, because I have seen... The Farscape fans, God love them, mm-hmm. on the Facebook, and every time I've seen them, I have thought to myself, why are Joe and Gary not just saying, hey, you need to talk to Bo on the puppetry track? <laughs> this is a terrific idea. Because we didn't want to inflict them on Bo. <laughs> Basically, Bo. We, we could throw Bo under the train completely. <laughs> All I have to say is this. I thought brown coats were rabid. <laughs> yeah. The thing, the, the thing is that they're all there. The, the, they fill up a room. They, yeah. I, and yeah. I, and I, I love, love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that they show up to see the Farscape actors. And when, 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 when not so many Farscape actors show up, they get riled up. Mm-hmm. They, they they get their hackles. They they get and I mean if I got that mad when my favorite guys didn't show up to a convention, then I wouldn't have come to Dragon Con since 1983. What the last? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Manimal ever came. I don't know <laughs> if he. I well yeah, and it's here's the thing: is Farscape touches on so many. Very sensitive nerd loves because it has puppetry. It has yeah. Jim Henson attached. It's, it's hard sci-fi. It's, it's really a singular thing. So when people find it and love it, they really love it. Yeah. Uh, you see, I'm reminded of that Janine Garofalo movie of, look, you can love Farscape, 
but don't love <laughs> But no, that's the thing. Here, I, I don't want, I like having years off. Mm-hmm. I like it, even though I hate it, I like it when the properties I love are kind of absent for a year. Because when they come back, it's really special. I, because one, one of my big nerd passions is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I've got Buffy tattoos. I think it's the greatest show that's ever gone on for as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really an amazing show. But James Marsters is at Dragon Con every year. As much as I love Spike the Vampire, he's there every year. So it's kind of like, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all I do. Spiky. I do. You 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 need to to you need your beloved franchises to be absent for a year, maybe even two every once in a while, or or at least have a lower profile. You know, you can't feature everything every year, and that's just how it is. And it shouldn't feature everything every year because if you're overexposure is no good. Exactly. A, a God lot. knows we're trying to fit them all in this year, though. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> a, well, a lot of what's so special about the American Sci-Fi Classics track is how cyclical a lot of the franchises are and how you guys like to focus on anniversaries, which is fantastic. Because, I and it's probably got to take you guys by surprise when you sit down to look and say, what do we want to feature this year? Okay, this is this thing's 25th anniversary. It's this thing's 30th anniversary. But then things just start to stack up and you're like, how many fucking anniversaries are there this year? Yes, Which... I said that literal thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to 2017 when we come around to 1982 again. <laughs> <laughs> but, th- but 1984 was a crazy year. For everything, and I didn't know it in 1984 because I was 14. I, I didn't know how great things were. Well, sure. I did. I saw them all. I saw all those things. But here they come around, and um, and and I want to do something. But mm-hmm. we 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 only have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there Monday doesn't really count. <laughs> Monday right. really doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, uh, but um. But we we're we're cramming stuff in a couple of days. We may have to now, and, and this is something I didn't think I didn't know that we could do. But we can start early. Oh wow! And we can start at eight thirty, and oh. I I may have to do that a couple of days. Sure, sure. And now it's going to be tough on people, but because <laughs> at yeah, Dragon Con, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at Dragon Con, some people stay up three, four, five. Some people don't go to sleep. Joe, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I feel the same way. The uh, best time of the con for me is wandering around the, the Marriott at 3 o'clock in the morning and taking pictures. Yes. It yes. is such a cool vibe at that hour. No, I, it's, yeah. It's interesting what you said about being 14 in 1984. And it it is, when you look back at that era... The eighties, there's just this kind of of melange of awesomeness. Like mm-hmm. I don't attribute years to things, it's just eighties stuff. Yeah. But you guys have to nail down like, okay, 
this is the year that these things happen because I get to look back and just say, okay, there's there was Back to the Future and there was Aliens and there was you know and and just mm-hmm. kind of go through everything. But you guys are like, okay, this is the year this happened, and that happens to be this year, so we've got to do something. Yeah. And uh, now I. Well, one one uh, thing that uh, a lot of a lot of folks may not may not understand about being the track directors is we don't actually you know pay the actors to come. We don't, and by way I mean me and Gary. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We we don't go. We don't pay them to come. We don't go get them. We and and it's really not really up to us who comes. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. If yeah, we have no control over that. I mean, we we can we can suggest and we can you know and we can throw out ideas and and you know but but it's in, in the end it's up to the Dragon Con, basically like the Vince McMahon's of the Dragon Con, and and the the Stephanie McMahon's and the Hunter Hearst Helmsleys, those type of authority figures of the Dragon Con world, are the ones who are going to bring in the talent. So to speak, if you'll allow me to continue that analogy, please but do because I believe that ste- analogy will fly well here. <laughs> that analogy is excellent because Stephanie is pretty much the one in charge now. Exactly in, in both your metaphor and in reality. Uh, so, and and actually, I real quick with you guys, I want to take a second to mention. I feel like the last two years, Dragon Con has done nothing but improve. I was just talking about this with a friend of mine earlier today, and I feel like with the regime change, and it was fantastic before, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've ever seen a, a change, a shift in power that has resulted in so many positives. Yeah. I, I really feel like, and I, I don't know her name, but I really feel like, because I think last year was the first year that... uh the the lady that is in control now technically is in control. That that yeah, I keep my head down from that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, from what I understand, there the last couple of years has been a transition. Somebody new is kind of running things with oversight, and I can't believe the improvements in registration. I can't believe the improvements in programming, the organization, even just the Dragon Con staff last year was noticeably. I mean, these these have always been wonderful people because that's the thing to remember about not only like the staff, not only the security guys, but you guys. This is all volunteer stuff. Yeah. It's all fans doing these things because they love this stuff. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like it's always been just this wonderful pool of people working really, really hard so that nerds could have a great weekend. Yeah. And over the last two years, I feel like that, that has just gained this whole new direction almost. I, I've just been really impressed with what's been going on with Dragon Con. I, I think it's more fantastic than ever. And actually, it's getting to the point where I'm almost a little concerned that it's too fantastic, and I don't want us to end up in like a, a San Diego type situation. I was just about to say I th- that's what keeps I think Dragon Con a better convention for me, and heads and shoulders above the Wizard Worlds and the Comic Cons and all this, is that it is fan run. The, Dragon Con has one paid employee. Right, and that's the lady who sits in the office all day and mm. answers email, mail and stuff. 
So, I mean, this is, it's driven by people with passion. And, and that's what makes the product so wonderful is that everybody involved, it, it, they're, they're getting paid in personal satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any better form of payment unless you, of course, well, don't actually have, right. Unless you don't actually have another form of payment <laughs> yeah. coming at the same time. And then there can be problems. But, uh, that, 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 that no, definitely yeah, provides yeah, go ahead. the best results. I agree. I agree. Dragon Con is just, it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's, it's just fun. There, there you go. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason people call it Nerdvana and Nerdy Gras. Yeah, ner- I love Nerdy Gras, and I was actually enraged a couple of years ago. Um, a certain gentleman who is uh, who is usually at Dragon Con, whether as a guest or not, a certain gentleman used Nerdy Gras, which I had first heard in conjunction with Dragon Con, because Dragon Con is the only true mardi gras like scenario there is no other con that is a 24-hour party from thursday evening to monday evening thursday nothing (laughs) well i know when yeah i know wednesday last year wednesday was the new thursday this year people are probably going to be down there sunday night or something i don't know holy crap well maybe (laughs) maybe we will have plenty of time to do all the things we (laughs) Yes, yeah. once Dragon Con encompasses an entire week, yes. uh, I'm sure you guys will be able to get all your panels squeezed in. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been showing up on Wednesdays for like about four years just because I like – you really? Yeah, because well, I liked Wednesday as come in, unpack, un- and settle down from the trip. And that way Thursday I'm fresh and ready to go. See, because- that's how I feel about Thursday. I've only been doing Thursday for the last couple of years, and Thursday – I, I do have to be careful because I need my Friday runaround. Now, once they open up everything on Thursday during the day, that'll be a different story. But I need Friday during the day to go to the dealer room, mm-hmm. check all that out, to walk around to the famous people room, uh, which I will never, ever remember exactly what it, the Hall of Fame. Is that walk right? Walk of Fame, yeah. Walk of Fame. I can never remember Walk of Fame. I just call it the famous people room. That's I go to the better. famous people room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, but I get that stuff out of the way. I call it my sober Friday. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and then I proceed into the weekend and, and drink according to how many panels I'm on. Uh, Ooh. but <laughs> yeah, thank this goodness, year, thank goodness I don't do that. This year, uh, that drinking is going to be minimal. Let me tell you, <laughs> holy cow. Um, you guys don't even know. Uh, well, you do. That's the whole problem. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely do. And and I'm um, just I'm putting you on another one right now. Oh <laughs> boy! And it's on the one hand I'm like another one, and on the other hand I'm like yes, thank <laughs> you, Joe and Gary, my benevolent nerd masters. <laughs> um, oh, don't worry. In about ten years, we'll pass the baton to you. <laughs> stop that. That is not funny. That's, well, by then, maybe Mrs. Troublemaker will have picked up uh, a hobby of some sort and will – Yeah, I'll, you know what? By then, I'll be making millions of dollars every year anyway, and I'll just send her to Vegas when it's time for Dragon Con. Exactly. Um, but so speaking of this year, uh, what what have you guys – how how has this year been different for you guys? I, I feel like it's really, really cram-packed. Um, but at the same time, you guys, this is your, is this your fourth year 
third. Or third year. Third this year. Is, this is third, yeah. yeah. Okay, but, you yeah, know. First you had year was the panic and everything on fire because Joe was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Was, Burning uh, Gary. Yes. Yeah, because Joe was indisposed. And um, last year was the first year of, okay, we've got, okay, I, uh, we got Joe here the whole time and, and we found our sea legs, I think. Okay, so this year you you kind of I, I can't imagine you ever get to a point where it's totally comfortable, but you probably have a little bit of you, you pretty much have as good a grasp on it as you're probably going to have. What's yeah, happening yeah. this year? What's what's right now in your minds? What are you just like? This is going to be really exciting. Uh, the big thing, uh, the big celebrities that we have coming. Are Will and Holly from Land of the Lost? Oh, nice! And I could not be happier um, that I, I I actually am now Facebook friends with Will from Land of the Lost. Oh, oh wow! And it weirds me out to see Will post on Facebook. Oh my gosh! And so he's super into it. I told, I, I Facebooked him to say, Hey, this is your 40th anniversary. I'd like you to come to Dragon Con. And he goes, Wow, it's been 40 years. Well, I'm definitely coming. And oh, that's then, fantastic. So Dragon Con hooked him up with him and, uh, him and Holly. And, um, and he, he had said at one time that he was going to try to get some more Land of the Lost people. But, you know, that's, that's, that's up to him. I don't know. It may be surprise time when, when he gets here. But at the same time, even if it's just Will and Holly, dang, that's still Will and Holly. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm, and I've got to think, like, you never know how hard it's going to be to get anybody, even if you're Will, you know, Thinking, oh, this is this is going to be very exciting. This is cool. 40th anniversary. I'd love to get some of the other people. And then it just doesn't work out. The other people are working or yeah. not available for one reason or another. Like there's so many different factors yeah. that go yeah. into. I mean, think about how hard it is just to get four or five guys together to play like Dungeons and Dragons or video games or something. <laughs> yeah. Or even, gosh, forget that. Getting them together. Think about how hard it is to get several of your buddies together online. To either do a podcast or play a video game or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and last imagine, year I was desperate for us to get some Babylon Five people because it was their big anniversary, yeah. and we managed to get the first year we did this. We had uh, Mia Ferlane and Bruce Boxleitner, and then last year we got. I don't think we had any Babylon Five people. Nope. It seems like we we seem to get um, the big anniversary guys the year before the <laughs> the anniversary. <laughs> So that has that's worked out. Uh, like if uh, right now, if people would say, "Hey, what about Babylon Five people?" And you should have been here two years ago, man. Box yeah. Lightner and Furlong were here, <laughs> but uh, and and they were great. Gary had to wing it on a panel until they oh, showed God. up. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, this this Let's is one of my on that. fire moments. Do it. Um, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. On fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> I have to run over to the to I'm the moderator. Find the Van Van Allen Plexico, wonderful guy, p moderated their first panel. Okay. I, I claim dibs on the second one, and just from running things, I'm running behind, and I haul ass over from the Marriott to the International Tower in the Hyatt Ugh. through the crowd, and managed to get there just about two three minutes before the panel is supposed to start. And everybody's giving me these dirty looks of, why is he cutting in the line? And I'm just waving my badge going, excuse me, oh, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> oh. And 
all I, I run in there and I go up to the guy and I'm like, okay, where are they? I'm sorry I'm running late. And they're like, they're not here yet. Like, what do you mean they're not here yet? Oh my gosh. They're not here yet. We can't find them. What do you mean you can't find them? <laughs> <laughs> so we wait a few minutes and they don't show up. They don't show up. And it come, I'm like, where are they? Where's the person who was sent to get them? And finally word gets back to us that the one woman who was sent off to get Bruce got lost herself. Oh no. And we had no idea about Maria Ferlane. She was supposed to be on her way from her hotel. And so I'm like, okay, well, I got to chill these people out before they start eating each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent about 20 minutes up on stage no. dancing my ass off. Oh, no. Fielding questions, doing my best. I mean, they kept asking me, like, what did you think about this political infighting thing going on? And I'm like, I oh. refuse to comment on that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And finally, we got someone in the audience had the DVD set, and so we threw in an episode of the DVD, and it got. A- <laughs> I, 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 I was behind the screen, and I heard Gary say, "Let's watch it." <laughs> wow! And oh right my about, gosh, what a horrible nightmare! Oh, it was terrible. And five minutes into it, Mia Ferlane shows up. Her driver had gotten lost because you know he went on peach tree to peach tree to peach tree. Oh yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of peach tree to peach tree to peach tree. <laughs> um, and so she, so we shut the thing off. She comes up on stage. She starts talking. About three or four minutes after she starts talking, Bruce Boxleitner comes in through the back doors, beautiful entrance. I mean, the guy's a showman. He just yeah. blows both doors open and goes, hell of a way to run a space station! And the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> like, oh. I have a picture of myself with the two of them afterwards, and you can still see the faint remains of the panic in my eyes. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> what What do you... Now, what happens in that situation? Because I, I haven't seen that before. Because, I mean, everything is is very tight at dragon con like the scheduling is very important there's allotted time for everything so there was just some that... miscommunications uh someone mistold bruce when his signing was supposed to end oh, and then okay. the person who went to go get him got lost because it was apparently like their first year and they were using the back tunnels but what do you so, do when you've got a 45 minute panel and 20 minutes of it is gone before the people get there. Do you just have a 25 minute panel or can you, is there any leeway to go over? There's, well, you know, there's the half hour gap between panels. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to snag about 10 minutes of that. Okay. And we worked it out with the people, the, the upper Dragon Con schedule people. And they let us run long. They were very understanding. I got to, I can't remember the guy's name. I wish I did. The guy was wonderful. He was a beautiful human being. Uh, he had a panic attack look on his face when I said, when someone in the audience suggested, we'll just take over the next panel. I went, sure. And he went, he just gave me this look and I went, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. Um, Joe, have you got, have you got any similar, uh, panic attack situations that, you know, even if it wasn't moderating a panel, any, anything that's really kind of set your teeth on edge or, or made you tremendously nervous in that way? I luckily, luckily that uh, the the Gary had has the extreme at this point. Um, he he's he he did he took the hit hit for that one. That was that was tough. That was, and it was awesome to witness it from b- behind the stage <laughs> while it was happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was having a ball watching Gary, uh, but. Uh, yeah, now, um, I really wish there was on video so I could see it, and then the rest of the time I'm very, very glad there is no video. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh my gosh. 
Now, I, yeah. I, as I said, I mean, I'm 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 very lucky, but uh, there was um, I, I I only have one from uh, Ron Nastrum, the guy who who did the thing before me, said that um, Adam West didn't show up for a panel one year that he was running the thing, so then he just talked about Adam West for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you do have your Lou Ferrigno story. I do have my Lou Ferrigno story. Oh wow. Um, here we go. Uh, this is before he was actually running anything. So, <laughs> yes. So uh, I go to get my autograph uh, from Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. uh, because he's there, and it was a surprise. I think like at that time they didn't know they didn't announce he was coming. It's like, hey, today surprise, we got Lou Ferrigno. So I thought, well, I'm here, he's here. So everybody else was going, hey, great show. So here's here's my money, and I for some reason. Wanted to not be that guy, like yeah, yeah. everybody else, and just say the same old thing. So I was thinking, well, what else has he done? And then I remembered that on the Hulk cartoon that was on UPN at the time, yeah, or, uh, he did the voice of the Hulk. So uh, you know, just the growling and the Hulk uh-huh. smash stuff. And I thought, and I remembered thinking before I was in the line to see him how great that was and how awesome that cartoon was. So I thought, I'm going to talk about that. So I get up to him, and in my mind, mentally, I say to him, it was really great that they got you to play the voice of the Hulk on the cartoon. Love the cartoon. What came out of my mouth was I'm glad they got you to play the Hulk because they must have thought, what's Lou Ferrigno doing? Oh, no. No, what? (laughs) I said this to Lou Ferrigno. Oh, no. Within reaching distance. (laughs) Oh, Oh no! And now you're the you're running the tracks. Yeah, and now and the the track that he would be on if right. he did panels, which right. he doesn't. And now I say maybe maybe I'm I'm the reason he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> He's like I don't want to have anything to do with these people. But wow! But, but he uh, it ended very cleanly. I was not murdered. Uh, he didn't. Crush me like he had every right to do. <laughs> he shook my hand, and there was that grip of steel that told me I could rip your arm off right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I meant nothing by it. I love Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> and 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 now uh, he he doesn't he doesn't do panels, and um, I I realize now. Don't be that guy. Oh, yeah. Just, 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 just take your autograph and just. So maybe that was how it started. Maybe I realized, okay, if I can't be that guy in line at uh, an autograph signing, I'm just going to be that guy running the programming track. <laughs> you know what? Your comment came from a good place though, because oh, yeah. that was a that was a golden age of Marvel cartoons. Because it that was. was all the spawn, like the X Men cartoon spawned. Yeah, or I guess uh, Spider-Man and X-Men were on right around the mm-hmm. same time and then the yeah. Hulk cartoon came out of the same stuff like exactly. there there were these amazing cartoons that were specifically based on long runs of Marvel comics. Yeah. I mean, that, like 
I get your comment. You were right. It just <laughs> didn't work. It's there one of those moments where you can see the words coming out of your mouth and you go, no, no, no. Yeah, your arms don't actually push words back into your mouth as you're trying to grab them. That so, happens to me a lot. I, I realize now maybe I should just let Gary talk <laughs> to every famous person. And uh, so, so, so far so good. I have managed to survive uh, since then. Uh, even though I've, I've met other people who have been on TV and movies, I have not... I've not gone. I've not. I've not pulled a Joe, as my friends now call it. <laughs> so so far so good. We'll, we'll see if I make it through this year. Along with uh, Lee Majors last year. Lee Majors, the dude is he. He was like everybody's granddad. The the guy was so awesome. This is what I want. I want to be able to bridge that gap between the 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 geek in the audience and. And this is what I think me and Gary both want. We want to bridge the gap between the geeky in the audience and the celebrity on stage and just have like a big stew of nerdy goodness. That, that's, that's all I want. I want to just uh, – and some people come just to see the celebrities. I don't think a lot of people come just for panels. But what I want to do with the classic track is just make it one big thing that you do. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's my plan. Well, and that's – perfectly getting back to what's going on this year. We've got Will and Holly from Land of the Lost. Um, we got Peter Weller. is awesome. You've got what? I don't think I knew that. Yep. Peter Weller's Peter Weller. coming. Oh, my gosh. So Buckaroo Banzai, RoboCop, um, the what, whatever his role was in Naked Lunch, which I don't even know if that qualifies as American sci-fi classics. <laughs> is there a Naked Lunch panel? Is that happening? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn know. you both! Damn it! Uh, unfortunately, they, they de- the Dragon Con overlords demand we be clothed while we eat. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to have the the Julian Sands Peter Weller naked lunch panel. Um, but no, that's fantastic! What a great get that is! Oh wow! Um, I think he's technically more Star Trek than ours, but we're claiming him anyway. <laughs> oh, that's I'm right. Him. I mean, yeah. the, 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 I'm sure the Trek panel is going to be on Trek tracks, Trek track stuff, and um, but I got him for at least one. So I, I will, I will confidently say that while he was fantastic and in Into Darkness, that Weller is definitely more in the domain of sci-fi classics uh, sure. than than Trek track. But you know. God love him for bringing him in. Holy cow, that's awesome. And yeah, the Banzai estate has been very generous with us to a, a, since he represented Buckaroo Banzai on film. That Banzai Institute is allowing us to host this year's symposium of the Blue Blazers. Oh, this is wow. what we're doing. We're going to have a, a a gaggle of Blue Blaze. It's going to be like a training session. We're going to talk about the documentary. That was the Buckaroo Banzai movie. Sure. And um, talk about the, the greatness of all the humans in it. You know, it's going to be a good time. And so wow. that's And, and uh, a uh, friend of yours, um, uh, William Stout, is coming back. Really? What is Mr. Stout going to be involved with? I got a couple things. I uh, got a couple things that he signed up for, and uh, one of them just happens to coincide with an anniversary uh conan the destroyer oh my goodness 
So I'm going to get him to talk about Conan the Destroyer on the record, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's uh, – and, and the, the rest of the stuff, um, there's so many anniversaries of things this year. Ghostbusters is the big one, uh, a big one, I think. And uh, the the never-ending story turned 30 this year. Um, Kolchak the Night Stalker turns 40. Yes, uh, Troma Productions turns 40. Now, I understand those guys contacted you about doing something. They did. I got email from Troma. <laughs> and, and they said, we're, we're coming to Dragon Con anyway, and it's our 40th anniversary. And I said, well, yeah, let's do something. So I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something. Yep. Wow. And, and uh, so the Troma guys are here every year, and I think Lloyd Kaufman is here Almost every year. Every, every year. Okay. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So I love um, seeing him every year. He is such a bundle of energy. I'll go ahead and say right now. Uh, Lloyd, a Lloyd Kaufman panel is a must. The very first panel I ever attended at Dragon Con uh, was a Lloyd Kau- Kaufman or Kaufman, depending on Kaufman, where you're from. Uh, <laughs> but it was his panel on independent filmmaking. Now, I have no aspirations to make independent films, uh, but I am a big fan of trauma films. And this panel was amazing. He did it. I mean, he's the guy that runs the company, but he's also the face of the company, which is an amazing combination. You don't see that in entities that have been around as long as trauma has. He's like the Stan Lee of movies. He is. He, he very mm-hmm. much is. And regardless of your opinions on trauma movies, which I don't understand how anybody could not love them, but some don't, but go see a Lloyd Kaufman panel because, my gosh, you'll never see more energy, more fire, more humor, and more passion. My gosh, that guy is amazing. Mm-hmm. And an ultimate I, salesman. I have seen him exactly. make I mean, I've seen him at the, the trauma booth every year, and he is just... On fire. Yeah. yeah, he's always working. It's it's yeah. it's astonishing. So Troma's 40th anniversary being celebrated by the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Uh, Quantum Leap's 25. Quantum oh, Leap wow. is 25. Uh, the Dune movie is 30. I uh, will kill him! <laughs> <laughs> I am not wearing the blue shorts, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, come on. you are. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Turns, turns 30. I would like to be on every one of those panels. Okay. I don't and, know how many uh, you're doing, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, let's see, um, uh, The Transformers. Yes. Also 30. The Transformers movie, which I will share this with you guys. I've, I've, I've told it before on the site, but I, I don't, I don't know that either one of you guys have actually heard this. Uh, my mom, it was 1984. I was eight years old. My mom took me to see Transformers the movie in the movie theater because it's Transformers. It's a toy line. It's been watching the cartoon after school for, you know, however long it's been on. And uh, we go to the movie theater and we see the movie and the movie's going along and Unicron comes along and Spike is in the spaceship running from Unicron. Things are blowing up. Things are being eaten. Things are being destroyed. And Spike says, oh, shit. (laughs) And I thought, Oh no, it's over. 
we're going to have to leave because he just said one of those words that I know mom and dad don't approve of. And I was like terrified because I know this movie's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. It's this beautiful animation up on this gigantic screen. It's the cartoons I love in a movie theater. I mean, there, there had literally been no experience like it up to that point. So I'm just heartbroken. He said, shit, we're going to have to leave. <laughs> I turned to look at my mom to gauge her reaction. Thankfully, my mom's reaction was... <laughs> she was out like a light. And I've never been so thankful for my mom's narcolepsy in my life <laughs> as I was at that moment because I got to see the entire movie right there in the theater. And, and to this day... It's still a fantastic movie, and to this day, I still get a little twinge at the base of my spine when Spike says, oh, shit. <laughs> That's, That's going to be a solid panel, man. Have you shown it to the kid, to Little Troublemaker yet? I have, and I had to sit down with him beforehand because he's he's seen, like, this is an interesting thing. When I was a kid, I remember going to see Wrath of Khan, Return mm. of the Jedi, mm. Supergirl, Transformers the movie, mm-hmm. um... Like, and I got to see all of these really exciting movies that I love so much, but I didn't get to see the Avengers or Captain America or Thor or Pacific Rim. Um, all of these mind blowing, like game changing nerd movies that my son has seen in the theater. Mm -hmm. So his experience is very different from mine. Like, for me, those movies in the 80s blew my little mind. Mm -hmm. But for him, he's like, I saw Pacific Rim and Godzilla. I saw Godzilla in IMAX 3D. Yeah. This is a cute little movie with the talking robots, Dad. <laughs> like, he's, you know, he's come up in a he's much changed. more... Well, not only has he come up in a much more geek-oriented environment, you know, just because of me and who I am, but our culture now is much more accepting and encouraging of that kind of stuff. So it's everywhere. He just, he gets to see incredible stuff almost literally every day. So it's, it's a different experience. So when I go and show him, like we took him to see wrath of Khan, uh, in the theater a couple of weeks ago. And he was kind of like, eh, because yeah. <laughs> oh. you know i love wrath of khan but when you're a six-year-old kid wrath of khan compared to pacific rim eh. <laughs> I, I never got so angry as i saw some millennial when into darkness came out i saw some millennial write this basic article about how wrath of khan was not really that good a movie and if it came out today no one would like it i just like i find you that is ridiculous <laughs> I to track you down that's just crazy uh. pants. Although yeah. I do sometimes wonder, and not about Wrath of Khan, because I think that's a fantastic movie regardless of era, mm -hmm. but I do wonder sometimes about the things that I love and how much nostalgia oh. is impacting that love. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am fully aware of my nostalgia filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this, the, the, the classic American sci-fi classics track is the nostalgia filter. Yes. This is, <laughs> That's all, that's what we do. That's all we do. Well, and that's what's great about it is all of these things that we do love, you know, any, anybody, I, probably over 30, I guess. Although I think, I think the younger generation has an appreciation for the classics that I didn't have when I was their age, mm -hmm. uh, for, for things that would have been, you know, 30 years old at the time. 
Well, uh, everything's in color, which that was one of the big barriers that for a lot of people. That is definitely a huge difference, and that's a really good point. Uh, but yeah, the Classics track is the place where you can go where nobody's going to poo-poo effects or... or it's all just love for what what I think is one of the best eras of film and television we've ever had. Well, one of the mottos that Joe and I came up with, which I love for the track, is the fact that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. There's yes, just it's I love pleasure. That. I love that. I hate the I hate the term guilty pleasure. Just revel in the things that you love. Yeah, I don't feel guilty. I I, I, feel, I feel awesome. <laughs> yeah, and this is coming from a man whose favorite thing is manimal. Yeah, so everybody should be comfortable. With consider, the things that they love. Consider the source. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, do, you, uh, do you want to hear the man, where the whole manimal thing came from, Troublemaker? Where did, because I have a feeling this is going to be somewhat similar to the Michael Gordon, Eliza Dushku story. <laughs> I'm only saying that when Michael Gordon listens to this so he can go, <laughs> So what is the origin? What, what are the origins of manimal? Which, by the way, since I've got you here, Joe, let me just tell you, I freaking loved Manimal. Thank you. Manimal and Auto Man yes. were two of the loves of my young life. I wrote one of my first school essays about Auto Man and Manimal and how <laughs> so valuable good. those shows were to society. I kid you not. I think I was in, I think I was in fourth grade at the time. I'm not positive. Uh, and if I could ever get my mom to go through the massive box of schoolwork, I bet I could dig it up. Oh, but wow. I was heartbroken because as a kid, you don't have an understanding of shows getting canceled. No. it's just, They're just gone one day. And I was heartbroken when those shows went away. It it just killed me. I don't know what it was that got me about them. And, and I just – I love both of them. So what's your manimal story, Joe? The – I was super geeky about Manimal in in A3, like I was about lots of other things. But because Manimal went away, like you said, I it stuck with me. It was like the first time that Hollywood did something that I didn't like. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was it was like up until that that point, it seemed like Hollywood had my best interests in mind, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, now they're taking away Manimal. What what what, what the heck? Uh, and then years later when I started being on panels, uh, at the Dragon Con and, uh, and I, I was being my own goofy self, I threw out a manimal reference just because I, I, I thought it was funny and I got, I got a good laugh from the audience and that was the worst possible thing they could have done <laughs> because then the next uh, later on that afternoon, I was on a different panel, and I I mentioned Manimal again. It got another laugh. It was a completely different topic. I mentioned Manimal again, and it got another laugh. And then uh, a guy in the audience uh, said, "You know, this is the second panel panel Panimal. Thank you. This is the second panel that I've." watched you on and on both panels you mentioned manimal and i said to him from the panel i said and i'm gonna do it on every panel from <laughs> now on and i have <laughs> wow as 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 many panels as i can squeeze it in i'm gonna mention manimal and i've probably talked about manimal more than 
anyone talked about it when it was on the air. <laughs> I think you've talked about it longer than it was on the air. Yes, because it was only on the air for uh, six six episodes. So really, yeah. once you go beyond hour six, it's all me. <laughs> and and um, it's just a silly little show. It's like I adopted it. It's like a little a, a lost puppy, you know. Yeah. And 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 I and I'm not gonna be the type of cat who says, "Well, I liked it when I was 13." I'm not gonna look back on it because I'm not gonna like it today. No, I have seen it. I saw it last year, uh, a few months ago, most recently, and it's still good. I'm not wrong. All of you are. <laughs> That's the problem. No, st- shows like that from that era, it's good stuff. It's all good stuff in its way, in its own way. Well, and that's the thing is there's, there are, there's good stuff about everything, man. I mean, anything can be appreciated. Anything has fun or good qualities. Like it, it's all what you find in it. And, my, and if my you're, wife sum, uh, my, my wife sums it up. She says, uh, I think she sums it up really well. She says, I support the unsupportable. So <laughs> there you go. I think that's uh, it. I, I got to have a t-shirt of that too now, but. Ah, that's wonderful. Stuff. That's that's a very solid motto. So, is there in before we wrap it up? Uh, is there anything else about this year that you guys want to point out? Um, we we've gone down a pretty good list of of guests and focuses for panels and anniversaries, and it's pretty jam packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're literally running from ten in the morning till ten at the night, and we're still trying to find room for about three more panels. Yeah, <laughs> and. And on Saturday night, going beyond 10 at night. Yes. 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 Saturday yes, let, night. Let's, let, let, let's get to that. Let me, let me throw in one more thing really quick, and then we'll get to Saturday night at 10. <laughs> Saturday night at 7, Match Game in the 25th Century is coming back. Hosted oh. by Gil Gerard himself. Because that's I got an anniversary this year. <laughs> who, yes. who, unless I'm mistaken, insisted upon hosting it. Yes, yes. he did. So, Originally, he was supposed to be a, on the panels, and he basically took the mic from Ron. And what do you think you're doing? <laughs> exactly. So now Buck Rogers himself hosts a game show on our track. And, uh, and last, last year, year, I really felt like I stuck out. Yeah, uh, uh, last year I put it at five thirty, and he tells me if you had put it an hour later, I could have gotten the entire cast of the Next Generation. Oh, what? Because he doesn't tell us who he can get for the match game panel. Oh. He just, they just show up. Oh my gosh. So last year, uh, Garrett Wang from, uh, inter- from Voyager, mm-hmm. who's also the Trek track director. Yes, yes. He, Wonderful human being. Yes, he was good enough to show up and was great. And, uh, Bo J from the original Battlestar Galactica. Was it Bojay? It was not. It was not Bojay. It was the guy it was, was the Boomer. original Boomer. Boomer. I'm, I apologize. It was Boomer, and uh, Sylvester McCoy, one of the doctors, yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah. When I walked in and saw that panel, and I was like, I don't know if I should still get up there. Those are real <laughs> famous people. <laughs> but they were terrific. It was like an hour of improv, like you alluded to earlier, Phantom, and. Uh, Oh my gosh. So we're doing that again this year. I don't know who, uh, we're getting and I don't want to know. I just want to walk in and let them, let them, let them walk in. That is, yeah. And if we have be... enough real celebrities, I will get out of the way because, you know, 
<laughs> they were real gonna. celebrities. <laughs> he, he, he said, yeah, he said that after the autograph rooms close, after the, the, the famous people rooms close, then <laughs> there'll be something for them to do. If they'll do, they can just go from there straight to, here's what I want. I want standing room only out the door of celebrities trying to get on match game in the 25th century. <laughs> oh, funny. that would be beautiful. It, it helps that we're right across the hall from the Walk of Fame now. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is. Is it the same room this year? Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. 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 That is. That's a good location because it's very. Once you've found it, it's very easy. Like you don't. It's not like where was that place again? It's not like a generic hallway. It's a good spot right in the middle of the Marriott. Mm-hmm. The only downside is it's a little too close to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but, but once you're I, in the room, it's not a problem. It's when you're going to and from the room. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will invest in some uh, some appropriate air fresheners to just hang outside the door. We Tiki have torches. gallons of Hulk cologne. Yeah, yes. Hulk cologne can handle it, too. I think so. Hulk cologne can handle anything. Ugh. But let's do this. Let's talk about uh, Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Saturday Rick, night. At, first of all, what in the world were you guys thinking Saying that I could have Saturday night at ten o'clock until dawn. We needed some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just put him in there; he'll do something, and we can go get some rest. I, well, I, lost, yeah, I lost a bet. <laughs> I believe that one hundred percent. What happened, and this is uh, obviously you guys know the story, but for the listeners, and this is the first time I've talked about it uh, directly on the podcast, um, Saturday night at 10 o'clock, uh, I, myself, and Miss Lady Flex from Lasexoflex will be hosting a game show that is not appropriate for human consumption. Yeah, We will be checking IDs at the door. Yes, we will. Uh, I cannot encourage anybody to show up for this because it's going to be repulsive and off-putting. <laughs> Think the gong show, but instead of doing acts of, of their own uh, thinking and desire, we're going to be pulling people out of the audience and we're going to be assigning them selections of erotic fan fiction from the darkest corners of the internet to read aloud as best they can. <laughs> there will be prizes. This is sponsored by Stardust Atlanta, which is a local shop that specializes in the sale of adult-oriented items. Uh, they have what one of the young ladies there describes as jiggly butts uh, for sale. You can keep those in your house and do whatever people do with jiggly butts. I use it as a uh, towel rack. Yes, I'm sure it's a towel rack. Uh, they also sell jiggly racks there, now that you mention it. Uh, sponsored by Stardust Atlanta, and we're going to have three judges. I'm not going to announce the judges yet, because they're very exciting, and they're very mysterious, and I've got to save something for the last podcast of the month before Dragon Con. But we will have three judges that will be judging the presentation. Uh, we'll have different categories. We'll have best deadpan presentation, which I don't think is going to last very long because nobody is going to make it through one of these things with a straight face. Um, well, it is flash fiction. We're, we're, yes. Yeah, yes, it is. And it is going to be filthy and nauseating. 
And it's going to be something like you've never seen before. This is a full production. Uh, we're in the planning stages now, and I have actually been arranging uh, to do a dry run so we can get timing down and everything. So, guys, I want to go ahead and put this out there right now. I'm not fucking around. If you show up at 10 o'clock in the Sci-Fi Classics track room, whose F is it anyway is going to blow your mind. <laughs> but... After whose F is it anyway? Because these guys told me 10 o'clock until dawn is Phantom Troublemaker's power track. After we're done with whose F is it anyway, you can stick around if you want. You will be sticking around because the room's going to be sticky at that point. <laughs> Afterwards, we're going to have a special screening of my favorite horrible movie of all time. It is a classic from our friends up north in Canada called Things. This will be our midnight movie, Saturday night. And I don't really even want to say any more than that. But I, w I will say, I will take the Pepsi Challenge against Troll 2. I will take it against The Room. I will mm. take it against any terrible movie you can come up with. And I will say things is worse. Runaway Bride. Runaway Bride is in there. My best friend's wedding. Definitely. It's worse. It's, it's worse than it's Pat. Oh, that's a bold statement. Whoa. There is no worse movie than things, and I'm showing it live Saturday <laughs> night at midnight at Dragon Con, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, it's been my passion project for several years now to figure out a public venue to show things so I could be as off-putting as I can to as many people as I could at the same time. <laughs> and I really appreciate you guys giving me the venue to do that because I, you know, every once in a while I think, you know, it would be great if I could make like a hundred people never want to talk to me again. Oh, we, yeah. We've got the rail ready for them to ride you out on. It's it's going to happen. Don't worry. And I'm also, I haven't totally ironed out all the details yet, but it's entirely possible that this will be a thing's pajama party. <laughs> so look forward to that, too. We'll, we'll have the details, obviously, on the DragonCon website, um, needlessthingssite.com. I'll, I'll, as things come together, we'll put up more details. But just know right now that I guarantee hours of fun and experiences like you've never had before Saturday night starting at 10 o'clock in the American Sci-Fi Classics track room. It's going to be ridiculous. Redonkulous? I, I, I don't know. There's got to be something beyond redonkulous for, for this. I'll come up with something. It'll happen. <laughs> um, so 2014, Dragon Con, uh, the, the American Sci-Fi Classics track is absolutely packed. Uh, you know, without even considering the absurd things that I'm offering, you guys <laughs> really have, like, I almost feel bad, one, because you've got some really cool and classy stuff happening, two, I'm gonna have to follow Joe, Gil Gerard in whatever he comes up with, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with that concept at all, <laughs> um, but I, it's just, I'm so excited about this year, and, and you guys are, you know, really the, the biggest reason for that excitement. And I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there any, are there any last thoughts you want to get out there before we close it up? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, 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 duh. Why am I at a loss for words now? Now, after <laughs> I, uh, I think you're still in shock over things. I, I am. I am. Uh, here is a sentence to keep in mind. Nothing is more airwolf than airwolf. There you go. That, that'll be how I, how, how I wrap it up. Top that, Gary. I don't feel so bad about following Gil Gerard now. You have to follow that. Uh, the only thing I have to say is uh, the, the one panel I am the most proud of. Uh, well, there are two that we're, I'm the most proud of that we're bringing back once again. Uh, we're doing Zombie Night again, which is another thing we're doing with Mr. Stout because he worked on Return of the Living Dead. Uh, and so you'll get to see me, him, and Jonathan Mayberry talk zombies. Oh, nice. And uh, we are bringing back truly outrageous female heroes of classic sci-fi with an all-lady panel. That's fantastic. Nobody else does that. Yeah, and I'm kind of miffed that nobody else does that either. Uh, but I love the fact that we do that, and it's one of my pride and joys that I, I came up with this panel and that we do it every year, and it's yeah. very popular. And and it's not like these are the that 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 female geeks are like hunchbacks that we we roll out out from the attic just to do this panel. I mean we we have we have ladies on lots of panels, mm-hmm. so it's it's, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, it's just that you've you have decided that and and that's the thing is there is more than enough female centric stuff particularly from the 80s oh, yeah. that deserves the spotlight exactly. and the fact that that you have ladies talking about it that's exciting and it's been good panels in the past i mm-hmm. mean you, you guys i i feel like you have a flair for fan panels like nobody else has thank you i give it all to and joe joe is the brain i'm the hypnotody well <laughs> nobody else could have come up with nothing is more airwolf than airwolf <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I cannot wait to see you guys in Atlanta, Georgia, Labor Day weekend Woo-hoo. at DragonCon. Uh, it's it's going to be an incredible year, and and uh, the the American Sci-Fi Classics guys have so much stuff in store for you. Phantom Troublemaker has so much stuff in store for you, whether you want it or not. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be a great time, and I really look forward to seeing you guys in person again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very very much. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Delightful. It's true. I really can't wait to see those guys. I really can't wait for Dragon Con. As I record this right now, I am two weeks away from being at Dragon Con. Not from the start of Dragon Con. Not from heading down towards Dragon Con. But two weeks from this very moment, I will be at Dragon Con Probably in my hotel room, sort of laying everything out, going through the toys from Billy's Toys. That's right, I have another sponsor to mention, and I'll get into that more in the next couple of episodes. But of course, once again, Billy's Toys will be sponsoring most of my panels, because uh, they're all somehow at least tangentially toy related and I'm going to have big tubs of toys from Billy's. It remains to be seen which tubs of toys you guys are going to get to see because the schedule is constantly changing and evolving and we'll see how all that works out but we're so close to Dragon Con. I'm so stoked and uh, remember Needless Things Podcast. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on NeedlessThingsSite.com. Please go to the site because starting Monday, 
Monday, the 18th of August, for those of you listening to this in the future. Uh, our Dragon Con coverage begins, and we will have all kinds of different posts about Con, about getting ready for Con, about what's going to be happening at Con. It's going to be some good stuff. I've got some guest writers, and of course, I've got my main uh, right-hand lady, Beth Van Dusen, Beth V from the site. Uh, she will be reporting on Con this year, and she's got some cool stuff. So check back, and remember always, I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.